Hustle. It's 6 a.m. Rise and Shine. Let's talk sports and welcome to The Grind. And good Tuesday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Tuesday edition. Jeff, welcome in. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a few days, but uh, a lot of sunny days since I've seen you last. And that's that's one thing I haven't been able to say maybe all year. No, no, it's always nasty weather and I'll be like, hey, how about that and, rain? Yeah. 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 It's not that way. And, and honestly... And I, I didn't look last night, but but through the maybe Thursday, no chance of rain. Yeah, it's supposed so to be nice. That's pretty day. legit. I got a. I, I can guarantee it's going to rain Saturday. You know why? Why? I got a yard sale. That that'll do. <laughs> it's it. going to happen. It's going to happen. Which we are uh, we are fully anticipating. So we have canopies to put over stuff, and I mean we're ready. There you go. Yeah, ready to go. Ready to go. Are Are you a big yard seller? Uh it it just depends. There are times when I'm like, you know what? That sounds like a great idea. And then there are times where it's like, no, I don't feel like going anywhere. So so I got like maybe four times in my life that I've actually wanted to go yard selling. Now, I'm a, I'm a flea market guy because I feel like that's a one-stop shop. You get yeah. out of the car once, you walk around, you get in the car, you leave. Yard selling, you kind of got to be committed to car hopping. Like yes. in and out, in and out, in and out. Now I will say some of my better finds via you know sports memorabilia stuff has been at yard sales. I can see I, that. I remember I found some guy who I'm pretty sure still hates his mom right now for selling his uh, card collection for oh. for what he sold it for what she sold it for uh, because there there was no pri- there wasn't any prices on anything and I'm like what do you want for that and it was like this number and I went for one. <laughs> or all of it and she went it's been in the way for a long time all of it and i went yes ma'am yeah yeah so yeah i'm pretty sure that that caused a, a family feud a crack that's probably still never healed <laughs> but uh anyway uh you know another man's trash another man's treasure that's exactly know? right so anyway yard sale this saturday on 206 whistle stop you'll you'll find it there uh, it's good <laughs> stuff good stuff shameless plug but um it's awesome to have good weather, and, and that good weather uh, showed a little good fortune to Bristol, Tennessee. Uh, Bristol Thunder Valley was thunder thunderous because of the cars, definitely not because of the fans, uh, and, and had uh, a little interesting twist to, to Bristol weekend as, as the cup race ran on Sunday and then the Xfinity planned the run on Monday. Uh, it was originally to be scheduled on Saturday, but based on the delay – from Charlotte's Wednesday race, mm, uh, they see. they wanted you know because they didn't want like a they were trying to I guess keep social distancing and what have you and they didn't want all the trailers there at the same time so they basically told the Cup to get there they'd race and leave and here'd come the Xfinity but uh, I thought it was great racing for both races it was Bristol again uh, I don't know if that's because they'd been used to I racing and and when they finally got in the heat. And the slick track, then it then it did something to them. But I thought there was some really good bad decisions, uh, and then uh, they 
they were back to slipping and sliding around Bristol. Well, I know that they mentioned they put that that traction compound down on the lower lower groove, and so I think a lot of people were afraid to go into it. Oh, believe me, last night on the Xfinity Kyle Bush, Kurt Bush, they knew exactly what the name of that was, and it literally extended commercial breaks. They used it so much. Yeah, so terrible. If, but if, just just call it the traction compound. Yeah, right. Don't right. Don't make it pretty by sciencing it up. I wish I, I I wish they would allow fans like we could vote on the name of the traction compound. Like I feel like that's a I would I would pay two dollars to get my vote in and, yeah, and to yeah I do that yeah I'd call it like you know the ground on sports traction compound like I feel like you could sell that I think you could that'd be epic. well they used yeah. to sponsor that gopher cam that was in the ground and <laughs> yeah. get run over what was it digger I think that's what it was digger yeah I remember like that's it's amazing what things I do remember and what things I don't like that's that's I, inconsequential. I, but the things that matter, those are the ones I, I enjoyed fit. watching that thing take a fender and then it's gone. Yeah, it's like it's like going, going. What is it? Oh, uh, like uh, Will Ferrell says on Wedding Crasher, live, 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 live. Dead. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, I think a lot of people on Sunday were afraid to go in it. I think the the guys last night weren't they? They didn't know any better. <laughs> the rubber, no. the rubber was already on the track, and I, I think that kind of did muddy the the look a little bit. Like when they came out Sunday, it was like a it was like a beacon. You knew exactly where to start and finish that thing. And so I thought it was interesting because a lot of people were getting turned around, a lot of people losing grip. And when they did get, let's just say, the fortitude to go in there, uh, sometimes it stuck and sometimes it didn't. I mean, ask Chase Elliott. Late in the race, it didn't stick for him. Uh, but I, I thought they did a really, really nice job of keeping it fresh. You know, I thought the drones, uh, even though they were panning a, a stadium that had no one in it, they panned the parking lot that had just enough cars for, for pit crews in it. But it was still, you were like, that's still Bristol. That place is huge. Yeah. Like, that's pretty cool. I'm enjoying the drone shots. Like, even though you mentioned nobody's there, it's okay. Did you see the drone that was, like, with uh, Keselowski and with uh, Gregson last night? Like, they're literally, like, whoever's driving it must have, like, his CDLs or something. Because he's flat out just hovering right there, and he can stay with the car when it does the burnout. It's pretty epic. Yeah, they do a good job. Like I feel like he could he could work on our YouTube channel. He should do it. He contact him, call him, <laughs> leave, <laughs> drop a line on NASCAR's Twitter page. But anyway, he's a uh, he's pretty good at his at his driving of the drone, and and I'm pretty sure you know those are like those aren't the the cheapo drones that oh, that like no I'm way. gonna have. Uh, it's it's a nice one. Like it's a don't let it hit the pavement or you're fired. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> but but what'd you think about Saturday's or Sunday's race uh, as as it pertained to, to basically anything? I mean, uh, between uh, Ricky Stenhouse and his little mullet thing uh, getting in the way and spinning out, and basically, if there was a big one, I mean, I think the big one was Logano and, and Chase, even though it was just a two car deal, but. You know, Ricky Stenhouse got in the, in the in trouble, slid up the track, and kind of got some business. Or was it uh, was it Ryan Blaney? The that that one was the funniest one because he had that thing fixed. He had gotten it stopped, and he literally he he starts backing up, and then he changes tune and starts rolling down the track. I think he wanted to let Ty Dillon go behind him. And Todd didn't think he had Todd room. Todd went through him. So, yeah, he uh, <laughs> he uh, he clipped that front a little bit. And yeah. it was like, God, it was like, 
oh man, he's good. He's good. Cause the camera was directly on him. Like you couldn't see 10 foot either side of his car. And you're like, oh man, he saved it. Here come Geico. They save you 10% of your car or more. Yeah, he tore that. And I expected them to try to get it where he would just take the front end off and run. And I never, I don't remember seeing him out there anymore after that. Did he, did he go back out? I don't think so. Cause I'm, I, I'm because he ripped him. off all that brake cooler stuff, so I don't know if he's okay. But but I will say I was expecting because he when he got over to his little hauler, he's slinging he's slinging the the steering wheel and gloves, and I'm like, oh man, Ty Dillon's about to get it. He Granddaddy ain't gonna save him this time. And uh, no, infield care center, they're just chumming it up. And maybe Ty came over and was like real apologetic. Hey, I didn't have the clearance I thought I had. I couldn't get down to the well, bottom of the track. Da, da, da. One of the things I noticed that kind of surprised me was the spotters weren't up at the very tip top, like where they're normally at. They were actually sitting out in the stands and things like that, which I get it. I mean, you know, it's probably more comfortable that way and whatnot. And, you know, you can probably still see really good. But I got to imagine a higher vantage is probably going to be better. And I'm wondering if any other directions are suffering because of that. I, I mean, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, I don't think it, it's kind of one of those deals. You have three options, right? When you change what works, you're either going to make it a little bit better. You're not, it's going to be no change or you're going to make it worse. Right. And so I feel like when you lower your vantage point, that middle one's probably gone. It's better so. or worse, right? You're either closer and that's good. And I think maybe some direction on the side that was closest to you is better, but on that other side of the track is probably a little tough on you. But I, I don't know because if you watch if you watch the race, I think Todd just made his bed like he was moving too fast to get corrected enough. Because when when Ryan Blaney was up against the wall, Ty would have cleared him. But when Ryan let it roll, probably no more than two or three feet, it was gone. Two or three feet too much. Well, he. Cause he didn't catch him bad. Like he probably caught him like six inches. Yeah. On the front bumper. But the way those cars are built sheet metal wise, it just peeled it. I mean, it was like a can opener. Tin foil. Yeah, it was it was pretty epic. And uh and, and <laughs> it was funny because between Ryan Blaney and uh and and Ricky Stenhouse Junior, we got to see both those mullets uncased <laughs> uh on camera. Uh but Laura and I were talking, uh, you know, Ricky Stenhouse Jr., da-da-da-da-da. Like, is it better to be a sponsor of one of those cars than it is, like, a, a really good sponsor? Because case in point, and I'll give them, I guess, a little love since they didn't get it. Matt Kenseth's driving that 42 car. It's a McDonald's car. I saw it, like, twice. Didn't see it much at all, what I'm saying. Yeah. But now, Ricky Stenhouse, Kroger, I mean, between slamming everybody, between spinning out one time and saving it, between – uh, you know, talking to him in the infield care center and it's all over his fire suit. I mean, I don't know that it's not better bang for the buck to, to sponsor a worse driver. I think you have to have that balance where you have to either hope you're going to sponsor somebody that's going to run in the top 10 where you're going to see them pretty regularly or you're going to sponsor somebody that just can't stay out of the wall or can't stay out of trouble. And You ever seen a water boy? Yes. Like, I feel like you need to go down the lineup like the kicker did. Yep. When he's like, yeah, that's my guy. That's yep. my guy right there. Because you're going to get those guys that just run. They go, 
they go out there and well, Matt Kansas is a really good example. That is a good example. Uh, I feel like another one's like Ryan Newman that yeah. just go out there yeah. and they just they make their laps, they get their top fifteen. You never hear from them. They don't wreck. And who is their sponsor? I don't know. Well, exactly, exactly. Now, it used to it didn't matter if Jimmy Johnson was on the track if they said the name Jimmy Johnson, you went Lowe's. Yes, Lowe's. It's just like Jeff Gordon Dupont, Dupont. or Exalta late in the game, which is the same <laughs> thing. Which yeah. is the same thing. I didn't know that for a long time. It's the I same thing. It's the same thing. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I've always often thought that, like, because uh, an employer I used to to work for, uh, they they sponsored an ARCA car all the time, and it was always this terrible guy. Like most times, he was out within the first. If it, if they had stages back then, it would have been in the first stage. <laughs> He's out. And uh, and it's not because he's any good at all, or that he's aggressive. Well, aggressive to win. It's he's aggressive to be like thirty third, and, uh, and and but but at the same rate, uh, they continue obviously to get some return on that because they keep doing it. They keep using him. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. So I think it's that balance. You can't be just fair. You've got to be really good or really bad to get a sponsor. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think or have a mullet. That that helps. Because oh Noah Gragson last night, you could tell like he's not a mask wearer uh, because he gets out of the car. And, of course, they, they'll run out there to him still, but they've got this weird selfie stick with a microphone on it. They won't get close to him anymore. Uh, and he's going on about it. But while he is talking and telling how tired he is and how he really had to work the wheel and da-da-da-da-da, he, uh, he's fluffing. his. Uh, it, it may not be a full-blown mullet. It's, it's that side-fade mullet thing. You know what I'm talking about? Like where it's so. a, it's kind of Morgan Wallen ish, where it's like tall in the middle, but the sides are kind of scalped down, but then the back grows long. It's almost like your your clippers ran out of battery. <laughs> it's what kind of what it looks like, but uh, maybe he, it fits good in a helmet. But it was funny. He took a step toward the camera, and you could tell somebody was over going, "Step on back, oh buddy." I don't know what to do with my legs. He wrenched in the car and got his mask, <laughs> and I'm like, okay. There you go. Have you? What? Well, there's another thing, and I'm I'm just like all over the board, but it's all NASCAR, so I feel like it's yeah, that's good. I'm going 100 mile an hour every every different way. Have, what do you think about the mask? Like they've even got creative in that. Like Joey Logano has a like a 22 mask. Chase Elliott wears a black one that somebody's silver sharpied on it. Go dogs! Because obviously his Georgia one got messed up. Who was it that has a mask of their own face? I don't know, but I need to know that guy. Somebody had one, and it. I saw it the night of the Coke 600, that they had a mask on, and it was their face. So Who it didn't would, look like... Is it Clint Boyer? Like, I feel like that's I, a Clint Boyer thing. I don't know. I'll have to dig on that and figure that out, because you have to do a double take at first, because you're like, is that wearing a one? permanent? Like, I don't, oh, it's a mask. Have you seen the ones that... Uh, like they're they're like a neck gaiter, but it's the same same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's your own face, or it's a face of like a really big bearded guy. That'd be like cool. it's pretty cool because the wrinkles that go down your neck, like the fullness of it, look like a full beard. I think that'd be awesome. Like it, that I'm, would be cool. I'm at, I'm I'm with it. I'm with it. But uh, kind of last topic we'll talk about on this NASCAR side of things. Last night, Noah Gragson gets the win. He's running against Justin Allgaier, who's his teammate, who's really. Those two guys are really in the front-running seats of the Xfinity Series. And uh, they kind of get into each other. Uh, Justin Allgaier gets pushed up the track, gets in that loose stuff, and, and kind of turns his turns it out, 
goes to the inside and his day's over. Mm-hmm. Uh, one is is the is the teammate thing like is that a thing? Like, do you not race your teammates hard? Or, or in my opinion, to me, racing's racing. Like, it's all well and good. Pit strategy, you want to work together. Uh, pushing a guy, you want to work together. But when it comes down to, like, under 10, like, he's paid to win, I'm paid to win. We just got to figure this out. I I am interested in that dynamic because in F1, they will they will tell you to let somebody win. So a, a great example of that is Lewis Hamilton and his teammate, Valerie Bodas. He he uh he was racing for the win, but they do the they do the manufacturer's points also, not just the driver's points, and they wanted to win that as well. And so it it was So why did why did that make a was, difference? Because they how did they do that? They told Botas to back off. Really? And yes. And Lewis Hamilton wins the race. And of course there's a lot of bad feelings because Botas is, is, is a good driver, but they wanted Lewis Hamilton. I it may have been they wanted him to win the driver's points because he was actually uh, he was in contention with someone from another team. And I get that like late in the season maybe, you know, especially if it's one of those deals, but like it would be hard pressed for me, and and I wouldn't. It's kind of that whole last dance, Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. Look at this, me pulling him back in. Um, Way to go! Yeah, I know, good for me. Uh, but uh, it's just like Michael Jordan said, "You're not coaching to win, right?" Like, what's the deal? And and I think it's almost even more for a racer or for a sports person in general. I can understand you wanting to win. I can understand you wanting to to do the right thing. It would almost bother me if I did see you kind of lay down because I'm like, aren't we here to to be the best? And you know what? Yes. One day, one day I'm going to be better, and the next day you're going to be better. But we kind of got to brush that off. Now, granted, if you just flat out turn me, you know, you get into my quarter panel and put me around. That's a little different than racing hard, getting up into the side, sliding up the track, and then you know, hey, it, the track got away from me. You know, right. I was pushing to win, kind of the Chase Elliott, Joey Logano situation. and uh, But anyway, I, I hope there's no hard feelings. I hope Justin Algar understands. I've You know, he's won some races. Noah Graxon needs to win some races. And, and you know what? Noah was just willing to push his nose in there and, uh, and, and get him loose. But um, it's part of it. It's part of racing. And uh, we'll see how they shake out. But I said the last thing, but it's not because I've always got a bust on them boys from Vegas. What did you think about Kyle and Kurt in the in the booth last night? I felt like um, they would be really cool to watch a race with, but they're not really cool to tell me what's going on on a yeah, race. Yeah, there there are some people that are made for the booth that can really talk about what's going on and paint that picture, and you understand. And then there are some that aren't. And well, you tell you could tell Kyle was working a lot harder than Kurt was because Kyle like had like some little catchphrases that he had tried to pick up. Because he was like, he's really trying to run to the front. And I'm like, I, Kyle, he's, he's in like 17th place. <laughs> I think Kyle is trying to be liked. And I think if you put somebody in the booth, you have that understanding that they are well-received. And I think he understands that he is not well-received. <laughs> and so he is trying to, they'll like me if I'm good in the booth. And that's not the case. Yeah, it... 
it was weird because they were all in their little three pods, right? You know, the, mm-hmm. they don't they're not in the, the the room together. So it's Mike Joy over here, Kyle Bush and Kurt Bush are all in three different rooms. Now the rooms look alike, so that it looks like they're kind of together because they they pod the pictures up. But uh, it was it was weird. One Kyle Bush in a suit's just funny. Like yeah. it's just uh, it just doesn't. I mean, it's like a it's like I don't know. A shark jumps out of the water with a, a hula shirt and flip flops. I mean, it just looked funny. Kurt Bush, however, he's trying to be the older suave guy, and it's just not working for him. He's trying to be like George Clooney's u- ugly brother, and it just ain't working for him. All I remember from Kurt Bush is his ears, and then now not anymore. Yeah. Oh, did he get his ears fixed? You didn't know that? Did he get them pinned? Yes, he did. We're going to have to look it up on Because they used to be the satellite dishes, and now they're not. See, I, I couldn't get past his neck early on when he was really skinny. We'd always call him, because he would run the Rubbermaid car mm-hmm. for Roush. We'd call him Rubberneck. I could see that. Yeah, it was pretty. I mean, that's that's offensive, I know, in a lot of ways. <laughs> but it's it's the Bush Brothers. I feel like you, you got to okay. do it. There's a certain if you're not you're not in the you're not in the club exactly you're not in the club but hey we're gonna be in the club of giving uh, time to our sponsors we're gonna take a break listen to these great sponsors we'll be back you're listening to the Tuesday grind we'll be back in just a minute. Your hometown alternative to ordinary sports radio 100.9 FM. 8.50 a.m. Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. Pet owners love watching their pets enjoy life, but when you see your pet constantly scratching in misery, might be time to come out to Rule King for flea medicine. And now, get $5 off flea or tick prevention products for dogs or cats from Bayer. That's $5 off Soresto, Advantage 2, and K9 Advantage 2. Hurry in, because this is while supplies last. While you're there, be sure to check out all the fun toys your pet will love from your neighborhood rural king, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Your local Blount County Community Food Connection is still open serving local families in time of need and hardship. We provide prepackaged groceries to help meet your nutritional and dietary needs. The Community Food Connection is open Monday, Wednesday, and Saturday from 10 a.m. until noon for drive-up delivery only. Residents are asked to remain in their vehicle so that our volunteers may safely distribute the food. Directions as to how to enter and depart the facility will be clearly displayed. We thank you for your cooperation and look forward to serving you at your Blunt County Community Food Connection. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. 
a company invested in Blount County and ready to help, they can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007, or you can check out their work online, 42sd.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007, or online at 42sd.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m., Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill. Located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the Grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we grind it out here on a Tuesday edition. Jeff, uh, again, talking NASCAR in the first segment. We're going to switch gears here a little bit and, and kind of get to a topic that um, I don't know if you listened to yesterday's show. I was pretty passionate about uh, and continue to, to be passionate about. But yesterday, uh, a lot of big-time athletes just came out and made statements guys that that don't normally speak michael jordan being one of those uh and and talking about the uh the the rioting the 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 what am i trying i'm wanting to say picketing but the the rioting the protesting uh and and all that side of things uh that's happening around the country and, and in in small pods around small communities um I guess what what was your take on it? Not not having talked to you yesterday morning, uh, talking to you a little yesterday. Uh, it's a it's a volatile situation because there's a there is a dynamic that that is very much needing some addressing. Uh, but but I think the the way things are going, it, it's very difficult 
uh, to understand the rhyme and reason. Yeah, I, I think I think what's and, and this is just my thought is that some of these guys are coming out and these athletes and and they're giving their opinion. And I think it's you're you're just looking for what does everybody think? And at this point and at this stage, it's it, you know everybody has an opinion because everybody lives here. This is happening in everybody's cities and everybody's communities. And so I think you're looking for some kind of handle on does everybody share the same opinion? Does everybody think the same way? Does everybody want the same result or the same outcome? And so you, you see these opinions from some of these athletes like Michael Jordan and whatnot. And I, I think they're genuinely trying to curb some of, of the, the rioting and the violence. Um, I, I don't, I don't think there's any issue with anybody protesting or showing support or anything like that. I, I think that's warranted. And I think that everybody is 100% in the right for doing that. It's, it's the violence and the burning and the looting and things like that, that I think people are trying to say, Hey, we need to cool that because you're losing your message when you do that. Well, and I think speaking to Michael Jordan's message yesterday, I, I, I like how he said it, what he said. And, 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 you know, Maybe, maybe after the last dance, his his injection back into the public, uh, maybe he's going to have a bigger voice, and I, I hope so because I, I think it's needed at this point. But he said, "I'm deeply saddened, truly pained, and plain angry. Uh, I see and feel everyone's pain, outrage, and frustration." He said, "I stand with those who are calling out the ingrained racism and violence toward people of color in our country. Uh, we have had enough." He said, "I don't have the answers." But our collective voices show strength and the inability to be divided by others. Uh, he said we must listen to each other, show compassion and empathy, and never turn our backs on senseless brutality. But he said we need to continue peaceful expressions against injustice and demand accountability. He said our unified voice needs to put pressure on our leaders to change our laws or else we need to use our votes to create systematic change. Uh, every one of us needs to be part of the solution, and we must work together to ensure justice for all. He said, my heart goes out to the family of George Floyd and the countless others whose lives have been brutally and senseless taken through acts of racism and injustice. I think in in very few words, Michael Jordan put it together. He I mean, it. He said, you know, we need to use the systems that are in place systematically with voting, and then at the same point, peaceful protest, because again, uh, sometimes, you know, and, and, and a lot of people, uh, have, have said, well, you know, it's a tough deal and you know, how do you, how do you differentiate? How do you know when there's danger and how do you react? And, and there's a lot of pressure here and there's a lot of pressure there. And, and, and I'll be, I'll be completely transparent. I don't know what it's like to be, to be discriminated against by, by virtue of race. Now I know what it's like to be discriminated against on where I came from. And I'm not saying that that's even remotely close, but I, I, I understand that a little bit. But the thing is, is I'll never understand that. But what I can do, and, and so I can't, I can't be that voice. But what we can do, and we as, as in the greater, the rest of the country, as well as those that have been affected, we just got to stand together. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like in, in my voice or in my my opinion, and again, it's 
It's what this show's built on is opinion-based things. We just got to quit seeing color. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And that goes from all angles. You you know what I'm saying? Like, it should be no different. And and I know this is easier said than done. There's ingrained, you know, there's there's older people that it's going to be harder to transform or what have you. But it has to it has to come to a point to where color of skin is no different than color of hair. It's no different than color of eyes. It's no different than I'm 16 and you're 17. You know, it has to become a non-issue. You know what I'm saying? It's no different than, you know, I'm olive complected and that, that girl's got freckles. It's no different. Like, it needs to be no different. I'm not saying it is. By, by no means is it at this point. We've got a real problem. But the thing is, is like MJ said, we've got to use the systems that are in place, and if that doesn't work, vote them out. Yes. Period. I don't care what the, the alignment is, what the, the, the uh, party affiliation is. Get them out. Get them out. Try somebody else. If that don't work, get them out. But, again, the, the looting and the destructive side of it. So, all of a sudden, I, I didn't hear, uh, again, the, the protest for George Floyd, and, and this is in honor of George Floyd, is, is always that secondary story. And that's what it is. Because the destruction has taken precedent. And that's what I don't, I don't think anybody wanted, but that's what happened. Yep. And so I, I think the big deal is, and, and again, I soapboxed it yesterday for about 20 minutes. We, to fix it, and, and, and David Cutcliffe talked about his generation not doing enough in the areas of race relations and, and the 50s and 60s kids, if you will, didn't do enough to, to stick that civil rights uh, – change you know they were part of that civil rights movement and there was a lot that came out of it again i joked the other day not joked i I mean i was pretty serious people need to watch remember the titans again yes because that's a that's a great moment of you know things are different things aren't going to be great but we got to get through this and we've got to be here for each other and then grow through that now granted that's 50 60 kids that's not that's not a country that's not a world but again it's it's got to start somewhere and so I don't know that I can fix it, but I know I can fix me. And I think that's how people's got to progress with this thing. I think it's, that's how you have to look at you, it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, as Wayne Kaiser, I'm, there's no color. Like, you just got to look that way. Jeff has to say, we're not going to look at color. And then, yes, can you fix the, the ingrained, and I, I, what, if there is one, the ingrained racist that's 60, 70 years old? Probably not. Probably not. But again, we can be the example. Yep. The thing is, is if you go with it, you're no better than it. So you just, I mean, it's got to start somewhere. And I think, I think it's more of an individual heart issue. It's, I don't think we're going we're gonna to meet in masses and fix things. I think you've got to systematically go through it voting-wise, and then you as an individual have to quit seeing race. I agree. I think that's exactly how it has to be. But again, I... And, again, I'm fully aware that I don't understand the full gamut of, of that emotion. But I think at some rate, uh, at some rate, I've got to take what I do know uh, and fix that. So uh, that's kind of where I chill. But but talking later on yesterday, after yesterday's show, talked about the uh, – um, I'm trying to see what Mr. Ward just sent me. But uh, I, I looked up yesterday, and, and, and I think you actually uh, gave me the the – the assurance, if you will, uh, but looks like um, 
the the College Football Hall of Fame, they just got into the uh, to the the gift shop. Looks like, and, yeah. And so from what I read, that's that was really it. Was the the break in and the vandalism was just to get into the gift shop and. Oh, this is good. This is good. James Breland, uh, it's Coach Jab three one five two on Twitter. Uh, said, if Americans had the mindset of a football locker room, a group of people with different backgrounds becoming a family that loved each other, working together for one goal, uh, we'd be so much better. It, it, it was amazing. I'm glad you sent that to me, Jason, because uh, there was a conversation yesterday uh, that, that had that very discussion that said, you know, how, how is it that, that we've been able to do it at the football locker room side of things, at the, at the team sports level, but yet, as a greater country, we can't do it, or we haven't done it. I don't want to say we can't do it, because I think, again, it proofs in in the ability, right? If you can do it with five, you can do it with five hundred. You just it's got to. It may take a little bit more focus, a little bit more effort, but it can be done. I think that's a really great point, and 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 I don't know if it's because the the goal is is muddy in society. You know, everybody's going in all different directions. At least in a sports team, you know where we're headed. You know, you know what we're after. You know, we want, you know, we want the fastest here. We want the the most, you know, gritty here. We want the toughest here, and we understand that rotation and what that looks like. Maybe in society, it's a little bit more individualistic, and that's what that's what makes it tough. I think it's I think it's the leadership. If you look at if you look at the teams and you look at the coaches, they know they're a part of something bigger than themselves. They know they're leading something that's bigger than themselves, and they're not relying on themselves. They're relying on these kids or their players or these adults. That's a good point. And, and our leaders, that's not the case. They are bigger than the system. They are bigger than society. Society put them in a position of power, and they run it. They don't rely on anybody else. They rely on themselves, and that's a problem. I think if you, if you were able to get into a position – where we could get somebody in that realized that they were a servant of the people, you would have that mindset of the team comes first, otherwise known as the country, the city, the community, but we don't have that. Right. And so that that's why you can get it in these team sports, but you can't get it in a society. I would say haven't gotten it in society. Yes. Because I'm, I'm a big proponent – you know, and, and, and just because I still feel the United States is the best country in the world. Agreed. Uh, because you, you look at it across the country, there's racism in America. That's that's no – I mean, it, there is. At what, at what level, at what severity, anybody can argue, but there is, right? In other countries, there's, there's, there's still death because of said things. There's, there's systematic – ways that 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 is being upheld so again the united states are, are are ahead of some curves and they're behind on others i mean i think that's just transparency uh but but it's one of those deals when you can break away from from your mother country and cause and and become a new country you can do a lot oh yeah if you want to so again it's it's want to it's focus it's it's leadership uh saying that this is the way it's going to be or else and uh and, and you know moving on I think, but I think it's got to it's got to come from all sides, and what I mean by that is 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 it, it has to be uh, in some ways a a renewal of a, of a relationship. It has to be a uh, a thing where we understand uh, that that there's problems in the past, but we're building to the future now. 
uh, because I, I don't think any of us can go back and fix um, the the seventies, eighties, whatever. Uh, we've got to worry about how we can fix the 2020s, Yes, how we can move forward. So uh, I think that's the dynamic that we're faced with right now. And again, I don't think – I think it is a big issue. It is a na- national issue, uh, but I think it's an individual issue too. I think each person has to say, my part of this is me not being racist, is me not seeing race, me allowing opportunity or or or, or lifting up people of color not because of their their people of color but because they're good but because they are who they are and so i think when we stop seeing color uh we'll be in a lot better spot and i know that's easier said than done but again it starts individual and and you can control you and so i think i think that's where it's got to start and then again uh the elected officials making sure that systematically uh we are we are managing and leading uh, the right ways. So I think that's, I think so. that's how it's got to go. I think that's where it needs to go. But, Jeff, uh, it's 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 the forefront of where we're at today. Sports is, is not going on very much, but those in sports have, have got a voice and got an opinion about this, and that's why we kind of we ground on it a little bit today. But good things, good talk, and uh, let's take us our last break of the day, listen to these fine sponsors. When we come back, we're going to switch gears back to sports, get a little football time in Tennessee, 95 days until the Big Orange kickoff against the Charlotte 49ers. We'll uh, we'll take our break. Talk to these fine sponsors when we come back. 95 days. We'll be right back. WKVL Radio. You don't want to miss it. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. The Blunt Partnership is committed to leading the Blunt County business community through this coronavirus outbreak. We will continue to be a resource for all businesses as well as supplying up-to-date information for our community. Please check out our website for updated information at www.bluntchamber.com or search for Blunt Chamber on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Have you been asking yourself if it's time to take that business idea and make it a reality? Do you need help with marketing or getting a leg up on the competition? Then check out my friends at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville, a company invested in Blount County and ready to help. They can take your business to the next level. Mike, Jana, and the staff at 42nd Street are a dream to work with, and I'm proud to say that they built the grindonsports.com into what it is today. But if you need marketing and maybe don't know where to start, check out my guys at 42nd Street Marketing right here in Maryville. Their phone number is 865-982-7007. 
or you can check out their work online, 42SD.com. Again, phone line is 865-982-7007 or online at 42SD.com. Check them out. I think you'll be glad you did. Got golf? IguaniFarmsGolf.com, 970-7132. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. In uncertain times, you can be certain of this. The Salvation Army is serving those most in need with help and hope. Thanks to your donations, the Salvation Army is helping those affected by COVID-19. Those who've lost wages, who have no home to retreat to, who need food, help with utilities, and most of all, hope. To see how you can continue to make a difference, visit SalvationArmyUSA.org. Have you heard about or seen the Grind's brand new user-friendly website? If the answer is no, I think you're kind of missing out. Our brand new website has ways to hook into the grind from social media with links to Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and SoundCloud so you can grind it out with us on social media. But if you say, I don't like social media, but I like podcasts, we've got those too. You can download the Grind Podcast on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Music directly from the website. It's a one-stop shop for everything The Grind. Check us out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to The Grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser alongside Jeff McIntyre as we are grinding on a Tuesday edition, and it is 95 days, Jeff, until it's football time in Tennessee. It's Everybody's asked me, well, what if they stop playing or what if they, they delay the season or whatever? I said, I'll stop counting. <laughs> I, that's all I know how to say. I, I don't know. The, right now the plan is September the 5th, I believe, uh, we're going to play Charlotte. We're going to play the Charlotte 49ers. It's going to be a non-conference game. I don't know that there'll be any fans in the stands, but uh, as of right now, it'll be 11 on 11. There you go. All you can do. Uh, but what we've been doing, because, again, we started this last Friday, so you haven't had the opportunity yet to dig in on this. So, one, I want to talk about 95s in other sports. And, again, sometimes with these big numbers, you're only going to find them in football. Like basketball now has a rule against uh, numbers that, that basically the ref has to use two hands. So, any anything with basically a six, seven, eight, or nine is going to be gone. You know, it can be one zero, it can be ten, or it can be you know any combination of of that. But it needs to be somewhere uh, basically fifty. What is it? I guess it's fifty five and below. Yeah. Uh, with uh, with no with no six, seven, eights, or nines in the number. 
Uh, and that's for, for foul calling and bookkeeping and, and different things. So, it you know, these high numbers are going to have a little little issue with having the, the big numbers. But there are football guys that wear uh, said numbers. 95 is going to have some pretty cool guys uh, that were part of pretty cool defenses and, and pretty cool teams. Uh, but uh, but 95 days. That's not a long time, Jeff. That's a little over three months. That's it, yeah. So uh, let's start with uh, the top number ninety five. So I looked at a couple different, uh, a couple different uh, sources, I guess you would say, and uh, I'll be honest with you, I'm looking at this and I'm I'm going through what 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 we've got here. And you know who they say right now in the NFL is the best ninety five? Didn't you say Miles Garrett? Yeah, and I'm, I'm assuming that's for lack of options. I'm just I, not. I don't know if it make. I don't know if it resonates, but I'm just not a big Miles Garrett fan. I really think that's one of the reasons why uh, Derek Barnett chose '96 because he's just a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. But and also Miles Garrett plays for the Browns. You know, I figure you're you're not a big fan. Nah, he not tried really. to kind of take out your quarterback. He did. He did. Well, he kind of did take out your quarterback. He did do that too. Uh, I mean that was a, that was just a bad situation. Oh, I digress. Well, yeah, <laughs> he digressed. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, the helmet digressed. He digressed. Everybody really digressed. But if you look at an all-time list of '95s, because I kind of wanted to go that route too. Richard Dent shows up as the the all-time '95. A key member of that '46 defense in the '80s was part of that Super Bowl twenty victory, uh, and he was the actually the Super Bowl twenty MVP. Recorded 137 and a half sacks in his career, and then won an additional Super Bowl in 1994 with the 49ers. Yeah, he came up number one on my list, also. Yeah, I, I mean it's it's one of those deals where, um, and, and again, some of these numbers, like you're going to have a ton. Like when we get down, there's going to be a lot of 34s. There's going to be a lot of 22s. You know, because those are numbers that running backs just kind of cycle. I mean, it's just it is. But, you know, when you're in those high numbers, that upper tier, sometimes it's interesting just to see who got it. Like 98, uh, you know, I wish I wish we would have been in studio for 98, but that was Saturday. And you look at guys like John Henderson uh, from Tennessee. You look at, at big boys like Dan McCullers was 98. Casey uh, Hampton, he's another Steeler. Yeah. He was 98. So, I mean, there's there's some guys that you look at, and, and, and I think the uniquity of those numbers – also adds to why you remember them. You know, you, you you know 99 is a big remembrance number. I mean, you know, there's all those those really good 99s. Warren Sapp and and uh, uh what's his name? JJ uh, Watt. Yeah, isn't Jason Taylor didn't he wear 99? Jason Taylor I think wore 99 also. So, I mean, there's a lot of good 99s, but uh, 95 is no, no slouch. Uh, you got a Super Bowl MVP uh that wore that number. Cortez Kennedy was yesterday at 96. Uh and we'll we'll continue to go through this thing. Uh, as as the week go along, but in Tennessee country, uh, the Vols that have wore number ninety five, uh, Tony McDaniel's a guy that that really comes to mind. He was defensive lineman ninety or two thousand four and five. He was actually on the Seahawks Super Bowl champion team. Uh, he he was a former Vol, six year NFL veteran, uh, sported the number ninety five jersey as a defensive lineman at Rocky Top from oh four and oh five. Uh, the Columbia South that was at the time of this article. The Columbia South Carolina native has registered 33 tackles, including five for loss, five uh, pump blocks, and a sack in 33 games at Tennessee before he signed with the Jacksonville Jaguars out after his junior season. Uh, and he has had 
three seasons with the Jaguars, three with the Dolphins, and then finished his career, I believe, uh, in a little bit of a journeyman mentality, uh, moving from the Seahawks to other franchises along the way. But he, uh, at the time of this article, had 82 tackles, eight sacks, and 11 pass breakups in 68 career games. So uh, he's pretty effective. Pretty. Yeah. He's he's kind of. A, I don't know if you remember Dan Williams. No. Dan Williams was a was a big defensive lineman that that kind of. He he was pretty good at Tennessee. But then he went to the Arizona Cardinals and was really kind of a piece there. And then he got traded to the Raiders and was a good good defensive piece there. He's a guy that just fits and works. I like it when I see the stat that they've had pass breakups as yeah. a D lineman. Yeah. Because that means they get them hands up uh-huh. and bat them suckers down. Sure enough. But 95, it's another one of those that haven't ha- doesn't have a ton of, of former Vols to wear the number. Uh, Charles Dowdy was the first to, to sport the number 95 in 1946. And then Dudley Hewitt, 1953. And then it sat dormant for 14 years until Ed Hudson picked it up in 67. That was a, a, a national championship year. Jimmy Cannon, 68. Gordy Reddy, Gordon Reddy, 1970. Danny Jenkins in 74. Kim Logan, 75 through 77. Steve Klug, 80 to 82. Fred Bennett, 84 to 86. John McGee, 89. Antonio Richardson, 1993, Chris Hogue, 96. Uh, Fred Weary on the 98 National Championship team. Rashad Moore, 99. Demetrian Veal, 2002. Tony McDaniel, 04 and 05. Walter Fisher, 06 and 08. And then Arthur Jeffrey, 2009 to 11. The current Vol to wear number 95 is no other than redshirt junior Kavon Bennett from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, by way of St. Thomas Aquinas High School. Uh, the Bennett name is synonymous in the Southeastern Conference. His uh, his dad played for the Crimson Tide, Cornelius Bennett, and uh, he is now it's it always makes me feel good when you see his parents in the stands because I know it's somebody who played for Alabama and they've got that orange on. <laughs> they wouldn't they they're not as bad as they once was. <laughs> yeah, you think that you think that hurts them? Like oh, I have to do this to support, but I really don't want to. I don't know. Or do you think he just puts it out and says, you know what, I'm here now. I think it's a little bit of this is my kid thing. Because, I mean, you look at Archie. He's Ole Miss through and through. Like, I think there is a little bit. Would I rather be wearing Ole Miss? Absolutely. But when he came, when Peyton was here, he had orange on. Whether it was just a hat and his little leather jacket. Because he had one of those uh, puffy leather dad jackets. Uh, that he wore, which it was the 90s, so I guess everything was a puffy leather dad jacket. But, <laughs> but anyway, he wore Tennessee when he was here. Uh, his mom wore Tennessee, the whole deal. But then when Eli went to Ole Miss, of course they got back out their Rebel stuff. So uh, I think it's a matter of it's my kid, I'm going to support my kid. It's not that he's going to become you know some big booster in the Alumni Association or what have you. But I think uh, he understood, you know, my kid had to make the same decision I did, had to choose where he wanted to go. Uh, I think he likes Jeremy Pruitt as a defensive mind. I think he understands that Pruitt can get his kid to the league, and I think he appreciates that. So, no, I I mean, I don't think there's – I, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't have a Bama undershirt every now and again when he's rocking Tennessee stuff. But uh, all I can say is, is – it means something to to take a legacy guy like that away from Alabama, especially when Alabama's really good. Oh yeah, and so uh, I, I love Kavon Bennett. He he brings it in small packages. We've yet to see him really open up. Hopefully this season can be that for him. 
and uh, and again, redshirt junior year. This is a this could be a money year for him, and so uh, we'll we'll see how how his year shakes out. But ninety five is one of those uh, one of those numbers that's uh, that's rare. But again, got some got some really cool people uh, in it. But uh, want to give an honorable mention. Yesterday was ninety six, and I completely shot over the whole ninety six Olympics. Uh, so I, I want to give a, a little credence that I didn't forget that entirely. Uh, I did forget it yesterday, but I, <laughs> uh, you can vouch for me when we talked yesterday afternoon. I had remembered. You it. brought it up. I you did. It was it. still. It was still technically the ninety sixth day. <laughs> right. It was ninety six days. Yeah. Ninety five though uh, was a was a was a common year starting on a Sunday in the Gregorian calendar. Did you know that? No, me neither. No but clue. Boone told me. I'm just kidding. I would not have you doubted would, that you one. You would bit. not have doubted it. No, actually, Wikipedia told me. Uh, but uh, so in in January first, nineteen ninety five, the World Trade Organization was established to re- replace uh, the General Agreement of Tariffs and Trade, or the GATT. If you if you've ever watched Malibu's Most Wanted, I would have left it as the GATT. Yeah, that sounds better. Yeah, well, that's just because that's what they called a gun. I don't know why, but. Uh, I've looked through this over and over and over, and it's another one of those, like, 95, 96, there was a lot of rough stuff that happened, right? Uh, In February the 26th, the United Kingdom's oldest investment firm, Barings Bank, collapses after security brokers lose $1.4 billion by speculating on Tokyo Stock Exchange. In 1995, that might as well be um, that number that, that you just make up when you say it, gozillion, <laughs> like that might as well be gozillions of dollars. Yeah, that sounds like a lot to bet on a coin flip. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah, right. Do you know anything cool that happened in 95? I was 10. Yankees won, uh, I believe. Did the Braves win the World Series? I don't know. I think so. I think they did. Oh, wait. They did. I know what happened. Uh, they ruined the Pirates forever. Well, that's one thing. Cause but that's... they did win the World Series in 95 because the Yankees won 96, 97, 98. Yeah, they beat us in uh, the playoffs. and Playoffs? We've never recovered, ever. Well, they ruined our team. Well, uh, glad I could bring that up. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> anyway, uh, no... Um, didn't that's you know those are the good ones those are the really good ones that you when you know you didn't mean to dig but you dug that's sorry that's so, all right like his face is like he's he's noticeably a little angry right now <laughs> uh but anyway uh we digress braves won the, the world series that's one thing uh to to hang our hat on i know not for jeff but uh for for the rest no, of us me. down here but uh hey you were a catalyst for a champion at least if you're gonna lose at least lose to the champion right Oh, I I wholeheartedly think that's great, but when you destroy our team for the next thirty some odd years, see, I think blame's on the wrong person. Well, hold like, on a second. How thirty? How how did it? But they had to trade people. They had to like cut no, that team. Up. I one hundred percent blame the Braves. The Braves. Yeah. You know, not always here on the show are we <laughs> are we rooted in in truth sometimes. But anyway, Jeff is is rooted in emotion. And we're going to leave him with it. Yep. Uh, Braves win the World Series, and Jeff is mad. That's what you need to remember from today. And <laughs> Kurt and Kyle Bush are terrible. 
in the booth. But anyway, we've run out of time. Don't miss Top of the Hour. Jason Swain in the Swain event. And what is a fun and fast Tuesday right here on WKVL. But if you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on. We'll see you tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. Jack Lane back in studio tomorrow.